Paul Stringfellow, welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. Uh, so on this week's show, we're going to be discussing a topic that um, I'm certainly seeing increasingly in the enterprises that I talk to. And this is an interest in looking at how we really take advantage of cloud-like capabilities and start to re-architect many of our business processes, business applications uh, to utilize more this idea of no-code, this idea of serverless. Um, but what does that really mean? Now, what does that mean to you as an enterprise? Uh, and, and how do we go about taking advantage of some of these uh, advancing techniques when it comes to the way we deploy and, and deliver applications into the enterprise? So so to help me to, uh, to discuss that, I'm joined today by uh, Build Lab founder, Mike Williams. Hi, uh, Mike. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, going good, thanks. And uh, well, th thanks for taking some time out of uh, your busy diary to join us on Tech Interviews today. Uh, and as we always do, before we jump into our topic, Mike, why don't you uh, take a moment just to uh, introduce yourself to the audience, let people know who you are, your background and what it is you do. Yeah, my background, um, I studied uh, like business and tech in school, um, uh, came out and uh, worked for a big company, Accenture, which is a big IT consultant. Um, I always kind of like tech uh, and business together. Um, I wasn't necessarily a developer, but I kind of, you know, could know my way around. Um, ended up uh, starting some businesses with some buddies and going full-time on that when I was uh, in my mid-20s. Um, you know, those did well enough for me to just kind of go full-time and into, um, you know, my own business. And, um, uh, you know, in recent year, as part of running those, um, I got into certain tech like no code, low code, and um, just trying to automate things as a small business, you know, without like a huge staff, uh, you got to figure out a way to like scale your time. And um, so gotten all that stuff. And then I kind of just accidentally ended up um, starting Build Lab uh, just out of what I saw, there was a big need for um, some of these things and, and building software without uh, big clunky infrastructure. And, you know, there weren't that many people doing it. So I just kind of uh, got into that and um, in the last few years as well, uh, finally learned to fully develop and be like an actual full stack dev. Um, so I kind of uh, have seen the pros and cons of different ways to build and that's kind of uh, what I'm selling now. Yeah, so I mean, you make a, really, a couple of really interesting points actually in that, that um, you know, it caught my attention just even in that introduction was, yeah, I thought interesting that your background, you talked about how kind of you use interest in tech and interested in business, you know, and, and, and as you've kind of developed your own businesses, you, you developed your own startup, how, you know, you, you've looked at ways of, you know, you, you're you're keen to find answers to problems and, and fi deliver outcomes quickly, you know, without needing a whole ton of infrastructure un underlying a whole bunch of massive applications that to deliver that, you know, is is it that kind of shift that you think is is driving this kind of shift towards no code and, and serverless type of developments? You know, is, is it that that want for people just to focus on outcomes and, and deliver business value as opposed to getting caught in massive app development cycles? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of kind of trends that are converging. Um, you know, no code, I think, has gotten really popular lately just because um, APIs are, are are now very ubiquitous. Like most services you use, Slack or HubSpot or whatever it is, will have like a, an API that you can connect into. 
And that's what a lot of these uh, services do is kind of wire those up. Um, the other part of it is just, uh, you know, technology tends to get, you know, better and cheaper over time. I think, um, you know, the, the cloud and, and serverless stuff has been around for a little while. Like, um, you know, serverless is, is kind of hot right now, but even before that, you know, you saw AWS and DigitalOcean doing cloud stuff and, and, you know, people ultimately want, I think if they can build with less, they, they would all else equal. And some of the stuff was just getting commoditized, like having a server running. Um, you know, most people don't want to have a server in their garage or uh, and have to actually manage that. So that moved to the cloud. And then even now, um, some of these cloud servers, you know, those are moving even more um, into the like set it and forget it uh, world of serverless where you can really just focus on the application code and the actual product. And everything else is just kind of extraneous. You know, I don't want to have to worry about setting up an SSL certificate manually. I just want it. I just want to tell you my domain and have it set. Um, so things are definitely moving in that direction. I, I think, um, you know, most people don't want to have to deal with infrastructure if they don't really have to. Yeah, I think that's, well, you know, and I, I think that's a really good point, you know, because people are increasingly as we're starting to adopt cloud and cloud-like methods of working, you know, I think that kind of abstraction of underlying infrastructure from kind of where we see the value, you know, the front-end apps, the, the data, the information that that presents. I think, like I say, people are increasingly don't want to be troubled with worrying about bits of tin and flashing lights. You know, they just want to kind of get things done. Um, but maybe actually, maybe just to step back a little bit, you know, so so for people who are listening to the show or watching the show um, and maybe have not come across or, or maybe have only heard phrases like no code, have heard phrases like serverless, did you want to set a little bit of context context around that, about what, what we mean when we, we use those terms? Yeah. Um, yeah, and we're kind of unique in that we work with, kind of the range there of, from like custom dev to no code. There are a lot of no coders that are, you know, firmly, there are some no code agencies that just do no code. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of break that down. Um, so no code is just a very broad term. It, it can refer to a lot of things, but it generally refers to this kind of new emerging suite of tools that allows you to build software automation without writing code. So one po very popular tool is Zapier. Um, that's for like automation. They'll, they'll have modules for all sorts of SaaS products and you can string together um, software without with writing pretty minimal code. You don't have to write all the API wrappers. They do it for you. Um, Webflow is another one. So that's on the front end side of things for building websites. And Webflow is getting very popular. Um, you know, and there was Squarespace before that. You could kind of call that like one of the uh, original, you know, no code tools that they've been around for a while now. But it's the same concept of, you know, building in a more visual way um, without, you know, having to write code. Um, you know, some people can't write code um, or some people can, but just might want to build a little leaner. So that, that's kind of the camp I'm in. Um, so that's kind of what no code refers to. And then, you know, there's some low code stuff where there's like we, we can get more detail um, when we talk about serverless here, but. You know, there's maybe like services like Cloudflare Workers now where you can write some JavaScript and just deploy it to an endpoint. So you're writing a little bit of code, but you're not um, what they're taking away is like the infrastructure and hosting and stuff like that. And then, you know, serverless platforms, um, the one I use is uh, Google Firebase the most, but 
There's, you know, Cloudflare has one, Amazon has one, um, you know, there's a few others. Serverless is more um, where as opposed to having a server that's running, say, your API or plugged into your database, um, you really are focused more on the front end. And then the serverless platform kind of deploys, you know, be it functions or file storage or data or whatever you want, and just kind of takes care of the back end for you. Um, but, you know, it can kind of mean a lot of things, but that's that's the main gist. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and, and I think like the, the, the phrase I often hear is that serverless, of course, doesn't mean there are no servers involved. Now, these things run run somewhere. But you know, I, t- I suppose you just kind of described there, this is much more about abstracting that that um, you know, the, the complexity of that underlying infrastructure and allowing people to focus on, as we said earlier on in the introduction, actually allowing people to focus on outcomes and, and answers and delivering the things they need to deliver. Um, and, you know, and I mean, is that the main driver behind this approach that you're seeing? You know, what, what are what are some of the things that you're seeing in, in your customers that that's driving this shift towards serverless, no code, low code, that kind of thing? Yeah, um, in my case, you know, and it might be different for like a big company, you know, they, they might still deal with a lot of infrastructure. But, you know, in my case, I was always kind of um, running small businesses. I just didn't have the budget or time to deal with a, a server room. And I think, you know, a lot of clients that come to me, they're, you know, they might be, it could be a budget thing. Um, if they're a smaller company, you know, they might just have a tighter budget and don't want to have to manage all this infrastructure. If they're a bigger company um, that already has a bunch of infrastructure, sometimes they just want to supplement that with, um, with no code, low code tools for maybe some more internal stuff. Um, and then that way their kind of internal team can build things without having to bother the devs a lot. Um, so yeah, in my case, I'm also just, uh, I'm a newer dev, like I mentioned. So, um, I'm kind of impatient where I, I grew up with all these new tools. So the idea of building some old school monolithic app, um, and taking like three times as long to do it, just, uh, I, I have no interest in that. And you know, messing around with DevOps and stuff. I, I just have no tolerance for that. There are DevOps guys who love doing that stuff and I've hired them and they're great, but that's just not my thing. I, I'm kind of more focused on the front end. I like, you know, the design aspect of things and UI and UX. So when I'm building something, I, I want to build the app. I don't want to work on anything else really. Um, and a lot of people come to us for, you know, MVPs maybe where they want to build an app, but they're not trying to drop a hundred grand right out of the gate. And they, you know, want to build lean. And if I'm going to quote them some reasonable number, you know, I have to make sure we can build in a, in an efficient way. Um, so, you know, it's not just the serverless platforms, but I, I put a lot of work into like the frameworks we use, you know, I use, um, we use Svelte, which is a, a newer kind of front end framework, um, related to Vue and React. If anyone that's listening that knows those, um, it's a little newer on the block, but it's getting popular. And, and their whole thing too is like writing less code. Basically, the uh, the syntax is very developer friendly. And, and do you see? Because um, it's interesting the way you kind of you've described this so far. And uh, you know, and I'm interested in whether you see that this is the driver for enterprises and businesses that are coming to you and, and talking about that they want to do this kind of development. Yeah, you know, is, is this very much more about 
know, if we talk about kind of modern cloud type conversations, you know, about scale, about speed, about speed of speed of reaction, you know, is is that is that what's driving some of this kind of stuff? You know, take like like you say, I thought you made a really good point actually about when you're looking to deliver something as a as a new business yourself and as a, as a modern business, you know, much more, much more maybe digitally driven than some of those bigger traditional ones. That actually the interest for you is getting these things developed quickly and not having a six, nine, 12 month project because you've got a whole ton of infrastructure that you need to deploy as well. You know, but is, is that what is that's what driving your customers when they come to you? You know, they're after, I want to do things quickly. I want to do them at scale. You know, I want to take advantage of, you know, cloud, t- cloud-like flexibility. Is, is that what you're seeing? Yeah, it's kind of a mix of, you know, speed, budget. Obviously, the more time it's going to take us to build something, the more I'm going to quote. So, and some clients don't care. They don't specifically come to us and say, we want a serverless app. They just say, we want an app. We don't know what we're doing. Like you can pick. So, you know, again, it, when it comes into me pricing that project, I could build serverless for, you know, maybe a fraction of the cost, or I could build some big monolithic app and try to sell them on a, you know, and mark up the price two, three X. But ideally I'd rather, you know, build quicker and leaner and be able to get them, you know, more for their money. Um, so yeah, it's the, it's the speed, it's the budget and, um, the maintenance as well. I mean, that's a big one, you know, having a server running, like that's a liability, um, it could go down and, you know, you don't, if you're running your own, you might not get a notification, you know, like you said, like serverless isn't really serverless. You're you're right. It's we're running on Google servers and Amazon servers. Um, so, but I like, I'd rather trust, you know, the infrastructure with them. They're pretty good at what they do, right? So uh, why would I like try to out Google Google? Um, I'm happy to use their tech and and just focus on, you know, the unique product. Yeah, I mean, I think the, um, you know, because I think that view of, uh, you know, is, is an interesting mirror of the view of the world that I get to see, you know, kind of in my day job as well, that I think increasingly organizations are, far more you know and perhaps they should have always been this way but it's probably people like me who've worked in traditional traditional tech backgrounds that have considered and focused on technology focused on infrastructure and maybe have have not automatically got customers thinking about outcomes and and the goals that they're trying to hit you know but but I think we're seeing that more that organizations are starting to to kind of understand that that the best way to make the most of their infrastructure investment and their technology investments is understand the goal, understand the endpoint, what's the outcome that you're after, you know, are you, are you seeing that kind of shift as part of this, this, this move as well? Are, are, you know, our organization starting to, to appreciate the importance of focusing on the outcome rather than the technology? Yeah. I mean, I mentioned most of the clients that come to us, yeah, they generally just want something built and don't care about how it's built. Um, and I'm not really talking about there's bigger, I mean, if I was doing government contracting, like they probably wouldn't be interested in this stuff, you know, and there's um, there's security and like some people need HIPAA compliance. Um, so that would probably still fall in the, you know, kind of bigger um, like on-prem kind of infrastructure stuff. Um, so it's not like everyone is, is trying to get into serverless. You know, some people want to know where their data lives, um, but that's just not something I deal with. So yeah, the people that come to, us are generally more like we want something built for, um, you know, and if we can pay less or if we can do it quicker then like, great and get the same product, um, you know, and that's, there's a profit incentive for us too. you know, if I can build, uh, 
you know, this 30 K app for 15 instead of 25, that's like, you know, it's the same product, the same quality. Um, there's, you know, margin opportunity there. So, um, it's just kind of a win-win if you can build more with less. And, um, most people that come to us again, they're kind of more on the MVP, uh, maybe like smaller realm where they don't need all this fancy security or on-prem and, um, you know, they're fine using cloud. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they're focused on the outcome, I guess, like you said, they, they don't really care how it's built. So you, so you kind of touched on something that I was, I was kind of thinking as, as, as you were talking earlier about asking, which was, you know, the idea of serverless, an idea of no code, low code, for all the reasons you've talked about, you know, it's that, that kind of speed of deployment, um, you know, ability to potentially lower cost, um, you know, gives you that kind of scale because we're taking, exact, taking advantage of, you know, using Google, using AWS, using Microsoft in terms of using their scalability to kind of deal with things that would be very difficult for us to replicate within our data center. Um, I, but you did kind of touch on a couple of examples there because I, I, I might be listening to this now as, as somebody who's a, you know, an IT decision maker in an enterprise. And maybe I'm starting to think, hey, why on earth wouldn't I want to do kind of serverless? Because this all sounds great. But it's interesting you touched on a couple of envi- environments there where maybe this still isn't the right way to go. So, so I mean, I, I don't know whether you could, you know, if you've got a couple of, you know, I don't know whether it's a simple thing to do or not, but, but do you have some examples of where serverless, low code, no code is absolutely the right way to go and, and cases where, you know, beyond some of the things you've already touched on, where actually kind of, um, you know, more traditional on-prem or within your data center type applications are, are still the more more valid route? Yeah, I can't speak much to the on-prem stuff. Again, I, that's just not really my realm. I mean, I was with a huge, you know, contractor back in the day, but I was just very small piece there. I wasn't really making decisions on infrastructure or anything. Um, so I can't really say that. I think those businesses kind of, uh, they usually know whether or not they need on-prem or like, again, like HIPAA is a big thing. Um, although some of these, you can do like on-prem and HIPAA with some of these cloud platforms and even some of these no-code ones, uh, you generally have to pay a lot more and do like enterprise plan. Um, the decision I have to make more is um, is not between like on-prem and, and not, but is more like how much of no code and how much of full code do we want to go and or, or low code in between? Um, because we do have some clients that range from uh, some of them will be just fully in the no code realm. Like for example, if we're not building an app, say they're just building automations um, for that, you know, we use Integramat, which is a Zapier competitor and uh, we use them pretty heavily. Um, and they're um, if you're not familiar, like, it's like I mentioned earlier, you string together a bunch of services. So maybe someone has an e-commerce store and when an order comes in, they want to do this, this, and this, they want to email someone, send a Slack note, add an invoice to QuickBooks, you know, whatever. They're just trying to tie their stuff together. Um, and sometimes we'll just go all no code for that. Um, and then there are other times where the scale might be an issue, like Airtable's a, a, a really popular, like low code, no code database, but they do have, uh, kind of a limit of 50,000 records. So, you know, some of the bigger clients that come to us, we have to, you know, go a more traditional route, setting up a SQL database. Um, if they want an app built, you know, we generally, um, or a website built, we have to, depending on how complex it is, we might want to do more custom to have more power over it uh, versus using some of these low-code, no-code tools where you're a little bit more constrained. Um, 
and sometimes we use a mix of them too. So uh, that's really the decision we have to make a lot more. Um, you know, anyone coming to me for like big on-prem infrastructure, uh, that doesn't happen a lot. And I'll usually just, you know, politely decline. So we touched on there actually, and I didn't, it's not something I'd, I'd really considered, but, and I don't know whether maybe I misunderstood what he was getting at, but, but, but it's a scenarios where you can kind of do like a, a hybrid approach to this. So there may be some on-prem infrastructure alongside some, you know, no, you know, no code serverless type stuff happening in the public cloud as well. Yeah. Well, again, I don't really do on-prem, but we do hybrid in terms of we might have a custom app running where maybe we have some serverless code running or maybe you have a database that's hosted on the cloud on DigitalOcean or something. Um, but, you know, a lot of times the client might want to have a little more control over making small tweaks. Um, whereas if they don't know how to code, they're kind of out of luck um, if we built them just a full custom app. So we have built kind of custom front ends. That's the one thing we still do custom. The, the no code front end tools like app builders um, aren't quite there yet, in my opinion. Um, so I'll, sometimes we'll, we'll usually do custom for front end, but, um, as opposed to having like a custom coded API layer, we might send requests to webhooks that go into a no code, low code platform and which runs certain logic based on, you know, what, whatever the client wants to do, maybe it dumps data somewhere. Um, and then the pro with that is, you know, one, it's just an infrastructure thing. You don't have to worry about like bugs in the code as much um, or like catching errors. Sometimes you can have, you know, errors that you don't get notifications about and you don't notice till two weeks down the line with custom. Um, whereas some of these other platforms, they'll shoot you. They have like email notifications built right in. Um, so we build hybrid sometimes like that. That way the client can see if something goes wrong. They can debug stuff themselves if they're like, hey, this data went in the wrong place. Like what happened? Um, they can take a look at Integromat or their Airtable or something like that. So we build hybrid, which is a pretty unique thing. It, um, you know, it's definitely not a traditional way to build. But, you know, we're finding that um, we always just try to use the best tool for the job. Yeah, and, I, and you know, and I think actually, you know, that actually that closing statement there is kind of, you know, if if I'm a customer, that's exactly the kind of thing I, I want to be listening to because there's a couple of things that you, you talked about. One was, uh, you know, that customers ult ultimately don't really care, you know, in so much that they need a result, they want an outcome of some sort, and they're coming to to somebody like you to say, I want this thing, and they don't really care how you get about building it, um, and, and also that part about, you know, I want the best tools for the job, you know, and, and so understanding what the job is and then find the best tools. You know, they're, they're the kind of things that I think organizations want to hear, aren't they, as they're, as they're developing, you know, resolutions to, to the problems they've got. Um, um, one thing I did want to ask you, though, um, just kind of as we were talking about those those cases where you may go serverless or low-code, no-code, or you may go with kind of more traditional stuff, you know. So, so if I'm listening to this as, again, somebody making those kind of decisions inside of an organization, do, do you have any guidance for them in what kind of projects make good serverless or no-code, low-code type projects? You know, what, what kind of, um, you know, what kind of applications inside of businesses have you seen where where these things sit sit and dovetail really nicely? Yeah, I mean, there's so many, you know, every project we work on is pretty unique, but um, the one thing I think I'll just give an example, like I mentioned Integromat, which is on the automation side of things. So we kind of do automation and app development. Those are the two like big pieces. Um, but 
Integromat works really well when we're trying to tie a lot of services together um, because they already have the modules in there. So like Shopify has a module at, which wraps their API. So instead of writing API code, you'll just see like add an order. You know, they'll have these like, they'll kind of break it down for you and abstract the code. Um, so if you have something that's using a bunch of different services, you know, that can be good because you don't have to write all the API wrapper code for each one, like Slack and QuickBooks and Shopify and whatever else. Um, the one thing about no code is they do charge by the task generally. So um, if you're doing a lot of tasks, if you're doing like tens of thousands a day, maybe, um, which is the point I got to, that's why I actually learned to code. Um, Cause one of my businesses was doing a like pretty heavy volume, but um, you know, they don't charge by like compute load, like some of the cloud platforms. So even if you're doing a really simple task that's not compute heavy, it still charges you for a task no matter what. Um, so I have seen some of those no-code bills get pretty high and, and we ultimately migrated them uh, to something more custom. So that that's one thing to look out for on um, on the no-code, low-code side. And, and I mentioned Airtable, like Airtable is really nice. It's kind of a, for anyone who doesn't know, it, it's like a mix of Excel and a database. So it has it has a nice UI that's really intuitive and it's better than looking at just a regular old like SQL GUI. Um, but it does have scale limits. Like if you have a million records, it's not going to work. So, and a lot of times you can start with one and gradually migrate to the other. So that's something we do a lot of. And that's where I mentioned the hybrid thing. Like maybe we are fine um, on the automation side. We're still fine in Integromat, but the data is getting heavy. So that will migrate the database part, but we'll keep the automation part. Um, so that's kind of what to think of. And then in terms of when to not go custom, you know, that'll come down to sometimes the client, you know, they might have like a, a specially tight budget or, uh, you know, maybe they're very non-technical and they're like, we want to be able to make changes and we don't really want to have it, you know, a dev on like monthly retainer. And, um, you know, in those cases, we're not going to hand them a bunch of code that they don't understand. So, uh, it depends, you know, some clients don't care. They're like, we're fine with you just staying on as, as a dev team. And, um, so it, it all just kind of depends on that kind of stuff. So, so would you say that, you know, if, if somebody's listening to this and, and has a kind of a, a new app development project going on internally, you know, and probably this is a, uh, you know, this is a, almost a loaded question, I guess, but, 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 you know, if somebody came to you with that, would you be saying that maybe your starting point is to look at some of this kind of modern development kind of mechanism as opposed to straight away thinking, oh, let's dust off a SQL server and build an app front end to it. You know, would, would they be better at least starting with that point? It says, hey, could we do this serverless, for example? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned for app dev, we really are still using custom. But when I say custom, we're not building from scratch every time. We I have a, a framework I've been kind of developing um, over time where, like every time I build out a feature in this app, I'll roll it back into this template. So we kind of have ready to go like this app template that has logins and Stripe, you know, in there because we use Stripe with payments uh, for a lot of apps um, and just other kind of features like that um, and has design assets as well. So we have this kind of clean looking responsive UI out of the box. So that that's why we I still prefer building custom for that reason. There's not as many... The, there's really one app platform right now that's really dominating on the no-code side, which is Bubble. Um, although there's a lot of competitors sprouting up, but 
I'm just not super happy about how easy it is to customize. It doesn't, you can't write CSS. They have their own kind of styling. It's kind of like WordPress. If you've used like Elementor or something, they really abstract stuff. I, I think like a little too much for my taste where you don't really know what elements you're putting on the page. They're just kind of telling you what it is. Um, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and to, uh, no, and well, I mean that sounds like you know I, I think classic kind of um, you know it's classic kind of technical thinking, isn't it? That you know I, I suppose the thing is that we we have to appreciate that while things like no code, low code, serverless, you know, are, are all what all the cool kids are saying, you know, and that's that's what every everybody's kind of talking about. It doesn't mean these things are silver bullet, you know. It doesn't mean that they are automatically the right thing, and certainly not necessarily in their, you know, from from what you're saying, certainly not necessarily in their native form. That there's always that little bit of, yeah, understand where you're trying to get to, and then come and speak to somebody who actually knows how to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and there are different types of. I mentioned um, there are some agencies that really focus on the no code side of things, and you know, I mentioned Bubble uh, for. Um, like web apps, um, you know, there are bubble agencies that only do bubble. That's it. And then there's a few mobile platforms like Glide and Adalo. And there are agencies that only do that. And those are for more for mobile apps. Um, and they really focus on like, we'll get you a three week prototype. And for like under 5k, um, that's not a place like we, we really try to compete in. We, we work with some of those guys and like refer people down that way. Um, if they are looking for like a really bare bones thing. Uh, we try to build more like V1.5s, I call them, where they're, you know, we build really lean, but they're built to scale as well um, on the app side. And that, that's because we build on serverless, like I mentioned. Um, so, yeah, it, it people kind of take different um, paths there and, and are looking for different things. So that's why there's, you know, kind of agencies that do all sorts of, uh, they kind of play different niches there. So, well, look, look, obviously, we're kind of getting the end of our recording time here. And I didn't want to go before, you know, and I know you've kind of touched on, um, you know, some of the stuff that, that you and your team do there. But, you know, just, just just for people who may be not familiar with Build Lab, you know, what, what is it that you guys do? What, what do you bring to this kind of story for your customers? What do you bring to the what of your customers, sorry? For, you know, what, what, what do you bring to the kind of the, the no-code story for your customers? Yeah, I mean, our big thing, and I always just say, like, build more with less. That's why I tell all my, you know, freelancers or anyone I'm working with, like if you can build it with less, whatever code or less infrastructure, um, do it. And, um, you know, we, we're a little more broad than, like I mentioned, some companies like really focus on one thing like bubble. Um, I'm kind of just trying to be a little more of a one-stop shop for like modern development where, you know, you can come to us and some companies, they might need automation, but they might also need an app and um, they might just want kind of a dev team as a service um, or like CTO as a service kind of thing. So uh, that's kind of just what I aim to be is, you know, if they want this automation set up, we can do it. If they want this app set up, we can do it. And, you know, we're always going to be building really lean We're um, you know, we're never going to use a tool just for the sake of of using it. Um, and we're never going to do more work than we can if we can help it. So just building uh, more with less, I, I'd say. I, I don't really have a slogan. Um, maybe I should work on one. But yeah, it's it's just uh, just really focused on like modern web dev. 
Yeah, and I, I think build more with less is a, is a good enough slogan to go with. I, you know, I, I'd be happy with that. I'll take that. Um, so, um, well, look, mate, just just as we wrap up here then, so so if people want to find out more about kind of what Build Lab do, find out more about the kind of stuff that you do, um, or, or even just in this topic in general, you know, is there, is there any good resources you could point them at? Um, well, in terms of what we do, you know, buildlab.co is the company site. There's some info on there. There's some um, you know, past projects we've done and, um, my site's mwilliams.co, uh, in terms of, you know, more broad resources, I mean, um, you know, there's, uh, uh, one big no code community. If anyone's interested in specifically that is like MakerPad. they were just acquired by Zapier. Um, you know, we, we've done a little bit of work with them and, and they have a lot of really great content on their site. Um, and, uh, uh, a lot of tutorials on how to build, you know, they have some low code stuff on there. They're a little more focused on no code, but uh, there's a lot of tutorials on just like building this without code and, you know, barely b- building Airbnb. Some of them are just examples. Some of them are real world projects. Um, that's a good one. Uh, there's some podcast, there's visual dev um, podcast. Uh, that's, you know, again, this is kind of a new space. So there's not, there's a million dev podcasts, but not so many on the like no code, low code side, but, um, yeah, those are two that just, uh, speak out. I, I can't think of, uh, others off the top of my head, but there's, there's more. Well, Mike, I, you know, I, I think it's been, you know, kind of a, a great intro to you know, what we, what we mean when we talk about these kind of technologies, you know, and I, and I think it's certainly something that, that we're starting to see get some real traction inside of, of different businesses, different enterprises. So look, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show and sharing some of your expertise, some of your insight and, uh, yeah, say really appreciate it and look forward to having you on the show again sometime in the future. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, sure. Anytime. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes. And if you've got an idea for a show or like to appear as guest, then why not email me at podcast at techstringy.com. To make sure you catch the next episode of Tick Interviews, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. And for the video version of the show, over on YouTube. So until next time, thanks for listening.